Now Jesus was praying in a certain place, and when he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray, as John taught his disciples. And he said to them, When you pray, say, Father, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, give us each day our daily bread, and forgive us our sins, for we ourselves forgive everyone who is indebted to us, and lead us not into temptation. Teach us to pray. Thank you, worship team. Yeah, it doesn't matter what kind of mood I'm in. It's when, when God, when I worship God, it changes everything. Changes everything. Changes my demeanor, changes my countenance, changes my perspective, especially changes my heart. Um, so thank you for leading us in that because I'm refreshed. <laughs> Don't know if you are, but I'm refreshed. <laughs> So uh, we are in a current series called uh, Teach Us to Pray out of Luke 11, 1 through 13, when the disciples came to Jesus and said, hey, Lord, teach us how to pray. And so he went on, um, our Father, who is great in heaven, holy in heaven. And uh, so if you've missed any of those sermons, I encourage you to go to the website or to the app, and you can find him on that podcast in there, and, and uh, they're encouraging messages. Last week was like, whew, blow away, uh, prayer for personal breakthrough, and so that was, that was really good, and thank Pastor Barry for doing that. As you notice, Pastor Barry is not here. Um, they went to a wedding, Jesse and Travis, and, and uh uh, in fact, a lot of our leaders are up there, so so we're it, and we're doing uh, great, and we're going to continue on. So he asked, uh, well, actually, let me start with this. At the beginning of the year, um, the Lord asked me to start praying for my husband. Not that I don't pray for my husband. I do pray for my husband. Nothing was going on in our relationship that warranted, hey, pray for your husband. Nothing like that. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, he is a... Uh, he does need prayer. He reminded me today. He reminded me today he needs prayer. <laughs> but you know what? It's because as a leader of our household, he needs prayer. As a leader in our overall family, he needs prayer. As a leader in the church, he needs prayer. In his ministry, uh, he needs prayer. So uh, the Lord reminded me to pray for him. And I was like, all right, how do you want me to pray for him, Lord? Because um, I can just start pulling out things, what's going on in our life. And I have a resource that we started, oh my goodness, it had to have been 15 years ago, 17 years ago, some maybe even longer, uh, Power of a Praying Wife. So I went and, and I took that book because I don't have to come up with anything. Stormy O'Martian has already done it. <laughs> she's already have these prayers and they're all by scripture and so I take there's 30 actually I found out the new book there's 31 and so we go through I go through every day whatever day it is so today is the 20 no today's the 30th so then I pray the 30th prayer over him which uh, was his walk today I believe I haven't done it yet <laughs> just being honest but I do do it every day so I was going through, through uh, 
going through that. Okay, Lord, I will do this. Then he says, hey, while you're at it, there's a book I want you to read on prayer. It's called Intercessory Prayer. And so I was like, oh, I may have given that book away. I hadn't read it. I've had it for I don't know how many years. So I went in. Sure enough, I had it. I started reading that. I still have four more chapters. (laughs) This was in January, so I'm a little slow. (laughs) But I acted on obedience. Just haven't finished it yet, but I'll get there. One more thing he asked me to do. This was later, probably in the spring. Um, I want you to start praying around the city hall block in Glendora. I was like, oh, okay, praying for my husband, all right. <laughs> Pray, reading a book about prayer, okay. Okay, now you're asking me to go out and do something. Uh, okay, I'll admit, I've done it once. I did it. I was obedient, but that's not what he wants me to do. He wants me to continue to do that. So I've asked someone to hold me accountable in doing that. Um, as I drive by, they remind, hey, as you drive by, just pray for it. Yeah, I will. And then I do. When we drive by it, I'll be praying for it. But I know what he's called me to do. He's called me to walk around the block and pray for it. So I'm like, okay, not there yet, but I will get there. So then Pastor Barry starts this series on prayer, our theme for praying. And, uh, and I was like, all right, you know what, Lord? I sense a theme going on here. <laughs> and then this last week, as I was just con- um, meditating on the Lord and, and looking back through some journal entries, I was reminded that our word for this year that Pastor Barry gave over our church was to shine. And I thought, well, we do that by being intimate with God. See, prayer is that relationship with God, that intimacy with God. And it it reminded me that Moses, remember when Moses was leading the Israelites? And when he went to meet with the Lord in the tabernacle, when he was coming back, his face was shining because he had spent time with God face to face. When we spend time with God face to face, we shine. And I was like, oh, man, Lord, you're just kind of like weaving this all the way through how it's going. And I just look back, and I'm like, you are so amazing. How did you think of that? Because he's God, right? <laughs> so, so today, uh, Pastor Barry asked me to, to uh, speak on praying for your spouse. And honestly, the first time he asked me, I said, ah, let me pray about it. <laughs> Because I know the Lord told me to pray for my spouse, but like, Lord, there's my concern was not everybody has a spouse to pray for. I don't want you to feel left out. But then He reminded me. The Lord reminded me. Hey, Deb, when did you start praying for your spouse? When did you start praying for Tom? It's like, oh, I was like between 14 and 16 years old. One of the youth leaders said, hey, a bunch of girls we used to meet together, and she said, begin to pray for your spouse now. Begin to pray for your husband now. So that God would work things in his life to prepare him for you. I was like, oh, yeah, if he's going to be prepared for me, he needs a lot of prayer. So it was then that I started praying for him. You know, my answer to prayer did not come in its full glory until I was 30 years old. I'm like, 
half my life I've been praying for this guy, <laughs> right? So, so it's like, but it came to fruition. At times when I thought, oh, man, am I ever going to? Well, yeah, I have to. I have to have a husband. I'm praying for him. If I'm praying for him, he's got to be there somewhere, right? Um, so I wrote, those of you who are not married yet, who are still young, this is still relevant for you to pray for your spouse. I know moms who've prayed for their kids' spouses once since they were little. But then one of my concerns was, uh, you know, those who have been married but have lost their spouse, those who have been ma married but are divorced. And I know there's, there could be a heartbreak. There could be a, and I don't, I don't want people to feel, <laughs> oh, man, I don't, I, that's not my heart. So then, um, as Pastor Barry and I were talking, he's like, you know, this is a resource. And I believe the experience that you've gone through will become wisdom, the wisdom of your experience. You can provide comfort. You can provide encouragement to others, to family members, to your kids, to your friends. You can give godly wisdom, Right? And I know that we have been in that process at times to give that godly wisdom to others um, just going through a hard time in their marriage. Uh, we know the past few weeks in talking about prayer that uh, prayer is a tool that is not just a tool that we use to have a better life. We don't just pull it out, okay, Lord, boom, I need the prayer for this. Oh, I need prayer for this. We don't just pull it out of our pocket um, as a tool just to have a better life but it's to have a deeper relationship with God. Amen. That's what prayer is. One of the deepest relationships that resembles our relationship with God is our relationship to our spouse. And uh, I have a little uh, verse that's it's framed, it's over my bed, and it says, As a bridegroom rejoices over his bride, so your God will rejoice over you. God rejoices over you. You know, one thing, when, when weddings happen and the groom is standing, usually about right here, and when is, I love to look at the broom, the broom, not the broom, the groom when the bride enters to see his face light up. I hope it lights up. <laughs> Otherwise, <laughs> no. But to see his face light up when he sees his bride. And that, Oh, she's going to be mine. That's why God rejoices over us. He loves us. He loves us so much. And that he rejoices over us. We're called the bride of Christ. Have you ever read the Song of Songs? <laughs> it's kind of like rated more than R. <laughs> it's, it's a, it is a story of God's, it's God's love. It's God's love. And it's expressed in a couple. Um, so we're called the bride of Christ. Our relationship resembles that of God. So in reviewing a little bit of last uh, few weeks, Pastor Barry is talking about prayer, walking a deeper relationship with God. He said there's an int intimacy that happens that can't be explained. I love that. The only reason I knew it was because I wrote it down. <laughs> There is an intimacy that happens with God that cannot be explained. Our life deepens 
when we have that relationship with God. Our life deepens with him. It also within our relationship, as our life deepens with God, our relationship with our spouse becomes deeper. Our relationship with our family becomes deeper. Because who are you listening to? The Lord. Who are you hearing from? His word. So in a healthy, godly relationship, I heard this from Danny Silk, in healthy relationships, we are a conduit, like a big, huge pipe that comes down to us. We are a conduit of God's love to our spouse. So I think about that. Hmm. What has been coming in my conduit to my spouse? Has it been love? <laughs> I, I hope so. <laughs> but we're a conduit of that. And to others, we're a conduit of God's love to others, but today specifically to our spouse is what I'm going to be talking about. So I thought, why is it important to pray for our spouse or your spouse? First one, it's, it's, we invite God's presence or God's power into their life. I invite God's power into Tom's life for his greatest blessing when I pray for him. I'll say that again. I invite God's power into his life. If you don't know what God's power is, he spoke into existence the stars and they came. He spoke into existence planets and they happened. That's God's power. He takes something that's dead and he brings it to life. He takes something that is is nothing and brings something out of it. I got, in, in my devotions this week, I said, man, Lord, you flip-flop things. you like topsy-turvy. That's probably because I just watched Mary Poppins Returns. But it's like, he does. He just flips everything over. He can turn things around because he has a power. So I rely on God's power for transformation in myself and in, and in whatever he wants. I lay down my claim to power in myself. Because when people sing, I got the power, you ain't got no power. <laughs> you don't have any power. God's the one who has the power. I cannot fix my husband. I cannot fix my circumstances. I cannot manipulate them because that's not acting in accordance to God's will. I give him the power to do that. So when I rely on God's power for transformation, it's a transformation of me first. It's a transformation of my spouse. It's a transformation of our circumstances because only he can bring that in our marriage. If a marriage is dead, God can bring it to life. If a marriage is dead, God can bring it to life. If it's lacking, he can give it substance. He can but first we have to lay it down before him, right? The other thing about inviting God's power into our spouse's life is that we need his power to war against the enemy. When we become one in marriage, the enemy does anything he can to split that apart. Because if our relationship with our spouse resembles our relationship with God... The enemy is not going to want that to be produced for others to see in that healthy way. Right? 
So he's going to try to say, uh-uh. He, he wants to split it apart. So we already are fighting against something. Difficult things in marriage is part of the enemy's plan. Oneness is divided. And so we need to make a resolution. We need to resolve something. Um, been reading a book. I'll get to that in a minute. So I, as I was thinking about this oneness, um, I thought of things of resol- there's a resolution uh, in the power of a praying wife, and it's certain things that I will do. I will, and I'll, I'll come across that in a minute. But in Isaiah 14, when Satan, when, the, when he fell from uh, heaven, there were certain I wills he said. He said, I will ascend to heaven. I will raise my throne above the stars of God. I will sit enthroned on heights. I will ascend above the tops of clouds. I will make myself like the most high. Five I wills of Satan. And as I look through, I'm like, well, God does some I wills. It's all over. (laughs) He says, for instance, and let's see, this is Isaiah 41. Verse 10, he says, uh, So do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. He says, do not fear, I will help you. He goes on later, I will make rivers flow on barren heights. I will turn the desert into pools of water. I will put in the desert cedars and so different trees. I will set pines in the wasteland. I will, I will, I will. But you know what he does it for? He does it for us, right? So these I wills that are in power of a praying wife, I, I love these because I will not allow anything to destroy my marriage. I resolve I will not stand by and watch my spouse be wearied or beaten down or destroyed. I will not sit idle while an invisible wall goes up between us. I will not allow confusion, miscommunication, wrong attitudes, and bad choices to erode what we are trying to build together. I will not tolerate hurt and forgiveness leading us to divorce. The Lord gave me a word for our marriage a long time ago. It was like, Deb, take the initiative. Do not stand still. Always take the initiative. Always be moving forward. Be intentional. Be intentional in your marriage. Because if I quit learning, what happens in the river of life? You, you end up going backwards, right? But if I'm intentional to continue reading, to continue learning, to continue finding out what Lord, like this, this year, praying for him, if I'm intentional, we're going to keep moving forward. So these I wills, I don't want anything to destroy my marriage. <laughs> the difference, like I said, between the I wills of Satan the I wills of God, and the I wills of praying. Satan's is selfish. It's all about himself. I'm going to do this for me. I'm going to send myself. I'm going to do this. Selfishness. 
The I wills of God was for others, was for, for us. The I wills of praying for your spouse is for your spouse. And yes, the blessing comes back to you, but it's for your spouse. It's for the glory of God. It's for the advancement of his kingdom. That's what it's for. So I don't want to be selfish. And when I think about things, uh, this one happened uh, anytime we get in a little tiff and things get a little heated. And uh, we, we have this agreement to, if Tom holds up his hands like, okay, we need to stop. I, I've learned now what that means. We need to stop now because if we continue, we may say things we regret. I know what this means. It doesn't mean in your face. That's not what it means because we've discussed this. We talked about it. And it's like, okay, that's, that's enough. One of us will say, that's, that's enough. Because if I go any further, I'm going to hurt you and I don't want to. That's not my intent. That's not my heart. That's enough. So usually what I end up doing <laughs> is I go, Lord, okay, why am I feeling this way? What is going on inside of me? Because I can choose to be joyful. I can choose to be mad. I can choose to be angry, right? We have a choice to make. You don't make me do it. You may bring it to a head inside of me, but then I have to choose. Remember, I'm that conduit of God's love to him. It's not him. Any relationship is not the other person. It's you. You have the choice. The majority of the time I may be frustrated is because of my own selfish needs. Ouch. That hurts. It's because I don't get my way. Look at kids. <laughs> Look at any kid. You don't give them what they want, what are they going to start doing? Yowling and pouting and no, no. Right? We've just learned to disguise it better as we've grown up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. Some of us not so much. <laughs> so I need to pray for my spouse. Because when I pray for my spouse, a lot of times it's me who gets transformed. So going through a few hows do I pray for my spouse. First, just do it. It starts with me. It starts with my heart. It starts with my relationship with God. Praying for my husband de depends on my relationship with God, not his. Right? Doesn't, doesn't, I mean, that's his own thing, his relationship with God, um, but it depends on me. So you can have an unsafe spouse or someone who's not walking with the Lord, but you know what? You still pray for them because it depends on your relationship right. with the Lord. So first, my heart needs to be right before God. It's not my way, it's his way, right? So I need to humble myself. So in Psalms 139, it says, Search me, O God. Know my heart. Test me. Know my anxious thoughts. See if there is any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. So it's, Lord, check this out. This heart, this center, my identity, what is going on in there? My attitudes. Because if I leave my heart unchecked, 
Scripture says it's unreliable, right? He who trusts in his own heart is a fool. That's in Proverbs. <laughs> it's corrupt. And Jeremiah says the heart is deceitful, deceitful above all things. In Matthew, in fact, I want to look this one up. Matthew 18. <coughs> Excuse me, Matthew 15. Verse 18. Actually, I'm going to go back to 17. It says, don't you see that whatever enters the mouth goes into the stomach and then out of the body? But the things that come out of the mouth come from the heart. And these make a man unclean. For out of the heart come evil thoughts, murder, adultery, sexual immorality, theft, false testimony, slander. These are what make a man or woman unclean. Out of the heart. So I'm like, Lord, okay, whatever I put into my conduit, into my heart, that's what comes out. Uh, Psalm 66 says, if we cherish sin in our heart, the Lord doesn't listen. Mm. Ouch. I need to listen to my, I need to check my heart. I want God to listen to my prayers or why pray, right? So I need to check me first. I was reading through, uh, actually it was Love Dare, and, uh, which if you haven't read through that, that's a good way to show your spouse how you love them. Um, and in the end there, at the end of each uh, chapter, which is only like a couple of pages, uh, you can journal out a prayer. And they have some questions you can answer. And, and it's, it's like that getting before the Lord finding out what's in you, but in you, you're still loving them. Um, so leading out of my heart, checking it. Where is my heart? What's getting the most of my time? What's getting the most of my money? What do I talk about? Uh, in Lectio Divina a couple of weeks ago, it was the Matthew um, 6 where it says, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. I start thinking about, Lord, what do I treasure? Because that's where my heart is. What's it? I know things that are like, I look around, I'm like, oh, this stuff can all be gone. It doesn't matter. Um, it's already been gone and then replaced. It's like, that's not the stuff that matters. What matters is relationships. I realize in searching where my treasures were, my values were my relationships with my, with my husband, with God, with my husband, with my family with my church family. That, that, was, that was my treasures. And it, it like popped this like little light bulb. Oh, that's, that's, so that's where I need to invest most of my time, right? It's, it's in relationships. And, and I love hanging out with people and stuff, but, but I noticed lately, oh man, confession time. God's, God's been doing, not God, it's, I've noticed things that have been happening just with me, like feeling lonely when you're in a crowd. Like, oh, Lord, what is that? Why, what, what's not being filled there? Right? Um, but, but if relationships are my, are my value, if that's where my treasure is, then, then that's, where, that's where I need to develop my time. We need to guard our hearts. We check our heart, we guard our heart. In Proverbs 4, it says, above all else, guard your heart because it's the wellspring of life. 
We don't lust in our heart. We need to, we need to guard from that. This is, this is in Proverbs also. Don't lust in your heart because of her beauty or because of this or because of that. Now, I know um, in reading <laughs> Every Man's Battle and Every Man's Marriage, guys go through a lot. I didn't realize how much until I read it. And I was like, oh, man, hon, I need to help you. In the sense that, that in, in praying and in loving and in, in doing all the things that God has asked me to do as a wife. And, and so it's like I, I know that, that he has learned to bounce his eyes. If we're watching something on TV and things start to get where they shouldn't, fast forward through it or change the channel. I value that in my husband. And and I'm sure it hasn't come easy, right? But guarding your heart. Guarding your heart against riches. And Proverbs also says, or actually in Psalms, those riches may increase, don't set your heart on them. It's not about wealth. It's not about money. I remember my parents, I didn't realize we were poor. I guess we weren't really poor. But in world terms, maybe poor. I didn't know that until I was like in junior high. I went to a friend's house and they had like this really nice house and they had a boat and they had a pool and they had all this stuff and we had each other, (laughs) right? We had each other. I was rich. My family, I love hanging out with my family. And some of them are here today. I love hanging out with my family. And then when we were first married, Tom goes, do we have to go to every single thing? (laughs) Yeah, you don't have to go, but I do, yeah. Because I love my family. I have a a good family. We went through a lot. There's been a lot of stuff that happened. But we're always there. We love each other. Well, I had a praying mom. She prayed for her husband. (laughs) Yeah, check your heart. Guard your heart. Doesn't matter about money. It's a relationship. Relationship with God and relationship with others. Unless our heart is genuinely changed by God, it'll continue to do wrong things. Right? So we need the power of the Lord to change it. So we set our heart in Colossians 3. When I was teaching junior high, I had my junior hires remember, uh, uh, memorize Colossians 3. Colossians 3, 1. Set your heart on things above, not on earthly things, where Christ is seated in heaven with the Father. Set your heart on things above. My attitude, everything that I am, set it on things above. Invest my heart. I need to lead my heart. I don't let my, my feelings, I shared this a little bit last week, I don't let my feelings dictate. Tom says going by feelings is a bumpy road. <laughs> Whatever I invest my heart into, or whatever I invest my time into, whatever I invest things into, my heart's just going to follow, right? The more that I'm looking up things or looking into whatever it is, that's where my heart and my mind will be. So that's why I believe God said to be intentional about your marriage. Because if I start setting my heart on, on things in his word, if I start setting things on, on reading books, Marriage on the Rock by Evans, I think it is. Um, Jimmy Evans, is that right? Yeah? Um, 
great book. Not marriage on the rocks. Marriage on the rock. Jesus Christ, the rock. Good book. Um, whatever I put, invest my, that in, my mind into, my heart follows that. Number two, so checking our, setting ourselves or checking ourselves, but then asking God for direction. Being Holy Spirit-led. So God tells me to pray for my husband. So I'm like, all right, Lord, what do I do? I told you, I went and got power of a praying wife. There are all kinds of resources out there. You have the Bible app, you version. You go on that Bible app and you go to plans, and they have marriage, and you flip through there. I did this last night. I have one on my app now. I started, I think, in March, and I still have about 10 more days to go. Um, 30 days. <laughs> but I found out that if I get on my phone and I'm doing the Bible, I found out that sometimes it's not just the Bible that comes up. Like Instagram comes up and Facebook comes up and all these. And then it distracts me from what I'm supposed to be doing. So I've kind of put that aside and, and I went to large edition print. <laughs> I can feel it. It doesn't distract me. It's there. <laughs> That's the only reason why. <laughs> but there are so many resources out there. I've mentioned a few. There's power of a praying husband. There's power of a praying mom, praying over your children, praying over that. There's power of all kinds of praying. <laughs> There's power in praying. But those Bible apps also, Love Dare, I said, was another one. There's all kinds of resources. In fact, there's so many resources, there's no shortage that there might be an overload. So then we have to ask God, okay, Lord, which one? Which one? There's, there's so many. You can't say there's not anything. They're all out there. If you can't, have, if you can't find it, let me know. I'll help you. <laughs> They're all out there. But it's, his Holy, it's the Holy Spirit's leading. Another thing I um, started recently was get, well, I've had this before, where my accountability partner moved, so then I needed to get another accountability partner, <laughs> um, someone to help hold you accountable, someone who follows Jesus, someone who's godly, someone who's going to give you biblical wisdom, godly wisdom, someone who's going to ask the hard questions, but also give encouragement and prayer. So an accountability partner, asking God for direction. Lord, where, what, and who? Who, who, who should help me? And then it should always be someone of the same sex. Okay. I mean, just wisdom, right? Three, share the burden of your soul with God. And I mentioned last week's message on uh, praying through personal breakthrough and that patience and faith and persistence and, and thanksgiving that Pastor Barry spoke about. And I encourage you to listen to that. One of the things in, in sharing and in, in sharing the burden of my soul is, is the Lord just put on there, choose forgiveness. As I was reading um, Every Man's Marriage, um, and, and it's talking to men, but they know at certain times they say, for you female readers, um, so they know females will read it. He has said, forgiveness is a cornerstone of Christianity because it brings us into relationship with Christ, right? So uh, Stephen Arterburn is, is the uh, author of that, along with Fred Stoker, and uh, Stoker, I think, something like that. Um, he explains 
Forgiveness is like rebooting your computer. So it starts everything over. And uh, I've had to do that a couple of times. Reboot. Um, But for an individual, the reboot key is confession. Uh, It realigns us with God, right, when we confess things to God. Removes that uh, that, um, denial, the stain of denial. But he said this, the reboot key for a relationship is asking for forgiveness. It places a relationship back to ground zero. And then I was reminded of love and respect. Dr. Emerson Agrich had said, it's always the most mature person who takes the first step. <laughs> it's like, all right, I'll be mature, but I don't want to. <laughs> yeah, it's the more mature person who does it first. The person who hurts me most, and I don't mean the amount of times, I mean the deepest, and probably the quickest, is my husband. And it's because, next to God, he's my deepest relationship, right? So when... We have discussions. Um, the Lord's working on an area of my life where I believe the best in Tom. It's one of our core values as Thrive Church. Believe the best in others. It's easy for me to believe the best in others. So I'm like, yeah, I'm for you. I'm believing you. But when I get hurt by my husband, it's like, oh. and as we've had discussions, he said, Deb. My, my intentions are for you. And I'm thinking, yeah, that's right, because my intentions are for you. I don't do it on purpose. It's not like I'm going to hurt you on purpose. I, I don't mean to hurt you because I love you. And so I have to realize, oh, it's the same the other way. He, he doesn't mean to, to hurt me. He may, sometimes I'll say, uh, are you mad at me? Are you gruff? Or what's going on? I need to, because it may be something totally unrelated to me, right? So sometimes I have to, I have to realize, ah, Especially I'm working on the tone of my voice. It just doesn't come out right. And sometimes when I say it, I can hear it, and I'm like, ooh, I didn't mean it like that. Why did it come out like that? Why, I mean, is, it, is this just me or other people like that? You know, you get that tone of voice, and it's like, so we've both learned the value of asking forgiveness. We've had a lot of practice, <laughs> and we continue to. I believe he's probably the more mature one because he tends to do it uh, to beat me to the punch a lot of times on asking for forgiveness. Oh, man, you beat me. No. (laughs) But the whole idea comes with submitting to one another out of love. And that's actually a verse in the Bible. Submit to one another out of love for the reverence of Christ. He's not only my husband. He's my brother in the Lord. Right? I want to love him in a godly way. I want our marriage to be an example. And I know he wants the same thing. And marriage isn't easy. It takes a lot of work. But God is the wonder worker. When you give it to him, and believe me, our marriage is not perfect, but when you give it to him, 
He works in ways that are amazing. I've seen this man change from when we first met. Not that he was ever bad or I would have chosen him, right? (laughs) But in ways that I look at now and I'm like blown away. Oh my goodness. I remember when. And not that I stay in that memory. It's like, thank you, Lord, for your answer to prayer. And he probably does the same to me. (laughs) But God does amazing things when you ask him, when you're in relationship with him. He says in his word, delight in me and I will give you the desires of your heart. Because when I delight in him, my heart's going to align with him, right? So submitting to one another out of love. The last point. So not only do we check ourselves and ask God for direction and share the burden of our soul. I think that's the ones I have, right? Is to submit to one another. Or no, is speaking God's blessing over your spouse. It's praying scripture. Praying the word of God over your spouse. And I think this is one reason why I went back to when God said, hey, pray for him, the power of the praying wife, and in those prayers are scripture. So as I'm going through it, and I I wrote some of them down, some of those prayers, and it's just an example of praying scripture. Lord, this is what I'll pray. Create in Tom a clean heart. (laughs) Me too. But create in Tom a clean heart. Renew a steadfast spirit in him and don't cast him away from your presence and do not make, take the Holy Spirit from him. I pray you'll enable Tom to walk in the spirit. May he produce fruit of the spirit, which is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. I pray Tom will be kind and patient, not selfish or easily provoked. Enable him to bear all things, believe all things, I can't read my writing. Hope all things and endure all things. That's scripture. All of that was scripture. But I'm praying over him in that. But in blessing, um, I wanted to end in praying a blessing. And I was going to pray it over Tom, but I'm sensing... If you're married and your spouse is here today, I'm going to ask you to do something. And you don't have to do it. But I believe, I believe it's like, in fact, this word was given today. A line drawn in the sand. And what was it? Choose love? I believe this is that line drawn in the sand and choosing love. Um, if your spouse is here, um, then then I'm going to ask you to do. I'm going to ask you to stand, and and I'm going to ask you to uh, pray this blessing over them. If you don't have a spouse, you can still pray this blessing over somebody. <laughs> you can, you, but but what I'd like you to do because we're talking about spouse and we're talking about marriage, um, and if if you have to walk to your spouse, please walk to them. Um, those of you who would not be, I would like you to just reach out your hand and then just uh, 
pray over them as, as they're speaking this blessing. Um, can we put that on, up, Kyle? Do we have numbers? This is a ironic blessing, the blessings the priest play, prayed over. So I want to say to Tom this day, and, and if you guys, I know you need to read up there, but if you would say this to each other also, read with me. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift his countenance upon you and give you peace. You pray that over each other. You pray that blessing over each other. The bottom line is when you pray for or pray over your spouse, that's the ultimate love language, right? That's the ultimate love language. So if you would all stand and let's, uh, let's bow in prayer. So, Father, we thank you. We thank you, Lord, that you are a good God. You give good and perfect gifts. And, Father, you've given the gift of my spouse to me. And, Lord, for everybody else here, that is their gift from you. And I thank you for that. Lord, I pray that you open our eyes and you open our hearts to see that if we haven't seen that in that way. And Lord, that we would speak blessing over them. We would speak life and not death. That Lord, there is power in our speech that when we speak, Lord God, it is released into the atmosphere. So as we just spoke that blessing, Lord, it is released into the atmosphere over our spouse. Father, I pray for those not yet married, that as they begin to pray for their spouse, or maybe they already have, that, Lord, you would bring the words to speak. Father, I thank you for your goodness. Lord, if there is anyone who has unconfessed sin, that, Lord, that blocks prayers, and, Lord, I pray that they would be on their face before you and confess that to you so that their answers, their prayers would be answered and their lives would be blessed. I give you glory, Lord God. We give you glory. In our relationships, in our marriages, in our church, and beyond, Lord God. May you continue to reign in our hearts. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. amen.